Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with one rental at a time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag one rental at a time. Now on with the show. November 17th, Thursday, November 17th, and these are the five things that I think you need to know about your daily financial news. First and foremost, we have to talk about the Dallas Fed. I don't know if you saw it, but in the last 24 hours, the Dallas Fed has come out and said, housing must crash 15 to 20%. One second, I'm sorry. Hi, buddy. This guy was climbing on my leg, so let's start that again. The Dallas Fed came out and said that uh, they think that housing market could fall 15 to 20%. This again is peak to trough. They did not say this needs to happen in 2023 or 2024. In the article, they did talk about there may be a small window of uh, opportunity for this not to happen. Let's talk about it, right? When I, when I think about the housing market, and again, I rely on my 30 years experience, the 52-year spreadsheet, all the stuff you and I have talked about, but I went ahead and created six things to really highlight why I still believe housing is flat for five years. Now, again, flat nationally. Could Vegas, could Phoenix, could Austin, could certain cities see pain? Absolutely. Should you care about national numbers? No, you should not. You should have a buy box. You should look at your buy box every day. The only thing that matters to you is your buy box. For someone like me, who's been looking at these numbers for nearly 30 years, this is intellectually stimulating. These are things that I like to think about. These are puzzles I try to solve. One sec. Okay, but number one, I believe the error in most people's forecast about the housing market is they look at the transactions. Or worse yet, they don't acknowledge that transactions are crashing. Why is that important? Well, in a market like housing, where historically you do roughly six to seven million transactions, if you were to take that down to three and a half, 3.8, 4 million transactions, you simply have less going on. You have less opportunity for price destruction. Because again, it is not lost on me. The phase one of this housing transaction crash is demand destruction. It is horrible. Rates got over seven. The first time home buyers, all of my real estate agents are telling me is crushed. The luxury market, crushed. Really the only people transacting today are investors or lifestyle moves, right? I'm selling this small house by the beach, getting this big house, selling the big house, moving to the beach. You get what we're talking about. You can listen to Adrian, Omar, Beth, tell you about that in their playlist. But when you take transactions down and you have no inventory and you have supply destruction because 
seemingly everyone has a rate sub 5%, it's really hard to see where the inventory comes from. Now, if you were to tell me that mortgage rates were going to 10% and unemployment would be 10% and we would be there for two or three years, then by all means, let's go. We can talk about that. But I don't think there's many people out there saying rates at 10, unemployment at 10 for three years. I think we just need to acknowledge that the transaction crash that we have been talking about takes some of the steam out of any price destruction. Now again, Phoenix, you're screwed. iBuyers messed up the market, it's totally wrecked. You're gonna need six or nine months to reestablish. But most markets aren't Phoenix. So that's number one. Two, I believe rates have peaked. I believe the talk of 10% rates, which last week I agreed was theoretically possible, not probable, but possible. I now believe 10% mortgage rates in 2023 are unlikely. Like, I don't see that happening. I believe the Fed is winning. Now, again, as we'll talk about in a minute, the Fed will keep talking tough because that is one of their two tools like James Bullard this morning saying, hey, the terminal rate could be between five and seven. Let's be clear. James Bullard said seven to freak the market out. I don't know what the market is doing yet because I drove to the office, but I'm guessing the market is down and rates are up. James Bullard did that on purpose. It is purpose, folks. Don't get it twisted. They can raise rates and they can talk tough. Number three, I believe, and I have shared with you many times, I believe the terminal rate will be 5%, peak Fed funds. I believe December 14th, we get 50 basis points. At that time, on December 14th, about 11 a.m., what would that be, 11 a.m. Pacific, we will have less than 1% left to go. We are almost to the peak of the mountain. That is a good thing. I suspect once we get to the peak, 4.75, five, five and a quarter, we will see the spread or margin between the 10-year and the 30-year mortgage collapse. It would not shock me if by April, May of 2023, the 30-year mortgage rate is sub six and a half. Mortgage rates get sub six and a half, housing starts to move a little bit. How, rates go below six? I think that gets very interesting. And again, as I shared probably a year ago, the number one thing that I believe is we are going to see a decade, certainly five years of wage inflation. I'm not talking wage inflation at the high income CEO VP level. Folks, you got yours. I am talking about the union member, uh, the tradesmen, uh, you know, those parts of our economic sphere. I believe we have wage inflation and it will be real wage inflation, not nominal. And when you talk about affordability, you have price, rate, and wages. 
I believe when we look back on this decade, we will see just like the 70s that the employee, the employee got theirs. That is my belief. And then finally, finally, again, 82% of mortgages are sub 5%. It's just the second phase of this transaction crash is supply destruction that I don't believe a lot of people are talking about. So again, the Fed, Dallas Fed, thinks housing could collapse 15 to 20% nationally speaking. Also, just so we can rope in George Gammon, that is nominal price declines, not real, right? George often talks about uh, real price declines. The Fed is talking nominal. So don't, don't, don't mess those up because real and nominal are very, very different. Okay, next, the Fed. I have, I have been saying this for the last couple of weeks, but I want to remind you. We have a perfect example of it this morning. The Fed. They can raise the federal funds rate. That's what just happened four times in a row, 75 basis point. My prediction is 50 December 14th. The other tool they have is to talk tough. Let's just acknowledge together that the last seven or seven, maybe eight business days have been really good for the stock market and really, really good for the bond market. Up, up in price, down in rate. The Fed, shh, didn't like that. The Fed did not like what they saw. The animal spirits coming in, the buy the dip, they did not like that. So what does James Bullard do? James Bullard, I think he's St. Louis Fed, comes out and says, well, you know, we're on the path and uh, the terminal rate could be five or it could be seven. That is the first time that I know of that anyone has said the terminal rate could be seven. The highest I had heard before this morning was six. I do not believe if you gave James Bullard true serum that seven is something he believes. Is it possible? Sure. Is it probable? No, I don't think so. And I think James would admit that. But why did he do it? One, he did it on purpose. The Fed only has its voice. It has to sound like a hawk. It is trying to crush demand. It is trying to rein in consumers. It just is. I'm not going to say it's good or bad because it doesn't matter. That is what they are trying to do. They are inflicting pain on our economy. They did not like what happened, so they talked tough. And he planted that 7% terminal rate so everybody can freak out. Rates could rise, stock market down. Gosh, I hope that's actually what happened because I haven't checked yet. So I should really check. What time is it? I don't know what time it is. All right, so that's what we got. Republicans take the House. I think it was last Tuesday we had an election, at least for me, I found out yesterday uh, that it is now uh, confirmed that the Republicans have taken the House majority. Uh, again, you vote for who you vote for. All I wanted was split government, and it looks like as of yesterday we finally got it. What does that mean to me? It means we slow down spending. Check. More importantly, anything that gets done in the next two years will be bipartisan. 
The, the majority in the House for the Republicans appears to be rather slim, which again is a great thing in my opinion, because now we have to congregate in the middle. We can stop the extreme right and left. The middle is where most people are. So I am very happy that the Republicans took the House because split government is good, in my opinion. Next, Grant Cardone. Grant Cardone was, I think it was in Business Insider. I could be wrong. Did I write it down? Did I write my source? I did not write my source. I think it was Business Insider. I'm pretty sure Business Insider was interviewed and talked about the millionaire is the new middle class. That is a catchy saying, but I don't know. I don't know. What do you think about that? Do you agree with Grant? Let me know in the comments below. Say agree, don't agree. I'd just love to hear from you. Again, Grant Cardone says being a millionaire, a single-digit millionaire, one, two, three million bucks, is the new middle class. Just, just a quick comment below. Agreed, don't agreed. I want to see what people think. Um, yeah. The other thing I just want to touch on there, uh, I believe that net worth is a nearly unimportant number. It is something that maybe perhaps banks look at once a year. I do not look at that. What I look at is cash flow. I live on cash flow. I don't live on my net worth. So what I challenge you to think about as we head into the end of the year is how can you increase your disposable income? How can you increase your passive income? You know, whatever that happens to be. These are things that we should be thinking about. When you have assets that pay for your life, it's amazing. Does, become, does becoming a millionaire happen? Yes. The more assets you own in an inflationary environment, you are likely to become a millionaire. I don't know that that's the goal. I believe the goal should be cash flow to cover expenses. So again, let me know what you think. Is, is a millionaire the new middle class? Comment below. Let's talk about some earnings. We got some very interesting earnings. Cisco system, beat top line, beat bottom line, and lifted guidance. Cisco also acknowledged that they are gonna let go 5% of their employees. A lot, lot of tech companies overhired in, the, or in this pandemic. Why is Cisco important? I look at Cisco as one of those tech companies that tell me about the rest of the world, right? There are plenty of tech companies that are very North America specific. I think Cisco is mature enough that when you look at Cisco's numbers, you can see what the rest of the world is doing, in my opinion. So again, Cisco beat top, beat bottom. NVIDIA beat top line, missed Bottom line, again, top line is revenue, bottom line is earnings. And NVIDIA guided lower. Bath and Body Works beat top line, beat bottom line, and raised guidance. Consumer is strong. Macy's, Macy's beat top line, beat bottom line, and raised guidance. I don't think the Fed likes all these retailers. Uh, beaten earnings and raising guidance. And then Kohl's. Kohl's, not so good. They actually are doing so badly that they withdrew guidance and forecast. Yeah, that's not good. That's not good. 
Uh, last thing, if you are in the private Facebook group, One Rental at a Time Works, which comes for free when you buy my course, I would like to ask you for a favor. I want to get the Facebook group even being more of an impact. So one, uh, Mark posted a link to a spreadsheet that will encourage networking. According to Mark, 62 of you have filled that out already. Do me a favor. I'd love to see that get up to 150 or 200. The One Rental at a Time Facebook group is almost 2,000 strong. Think about those folks interacting in little pods, helping each other, encouraging each other. Keep being positive. Do your part. Fill out the spreadsheet. There's a link in our group and get a part of it. And we'll see if we can't get little groups for me. And then second, there's a lot of people in the group that never comment. You kind of lurk, you watch, which is okay. I'm going to ask you to be a little uncomfortable today. I want you to go to the Facebook group today and introduce yourself and practice telling everyone your buy box. Again, what do I mean by that? If it was Mike Zuber day one, hi, my name is Michael Zuber. I live in the Silicon Valley. I am investing in Fresno, California. My buy box is 93703, single family homes, three or four bedrooms, two baths, between 1,250 and 1,750 square feet. Be specific. Be specific. So folks, I want you to have an amazing day. It is Thursday, November 17th. These were your five things. Don't forget, I want to hear from you. Do you agree or not agree with Grant Cardone? Is a millionaire the new middle class? Leave comments below. Bye-bye.